Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. I'm on Facebook, but don't follow me there. Get off of fucking Facebook, okay? Facebook is so dead. I can't stand. I don't know. I loathe Facebook. It's it's terrible. So don't follow me there, even though I'm on there. Um, if you're listening to this show on YouTube, I love YouTube as a platform for my podcast, even though I don't have a video. A lot of people tune in to hear these episodes because the great thing about it is you could chime in, have a conversation about these episodes. I read every single comment. I try to comment back to every single person who comments. I just get so many of them now. Um, But definitely subscribe to my show, like and share the videos, comment below. I will comment back to you. Um, If you're listening to this on a podcast app, make sure you subscribe to my show because you get the episodes way earlier than if you don't. Um, And give me a five-star review if you can and write a review if you can. That's even better as long as it's a good review. (laughs) Um, If you want to join my Patreon, my Patreon is really exciting now because I post anonymous pics of my guests and all of my guests moving forward have been sent submitting pics they're anonymous in that you're not going to see their face I'm still anonymous too but and they're not pornographic like I'm not showing people's tits or anything but some of them are sexy but they're definitely like r-rated sexy right not x-rated I don't produce porn okay if you're looking for something like that go someplace else okay that's not what I do here um, but I do have anonymous picks of mostly all my guests moving forward as well as a lot of past guests especially the popular ones like all of the girls and doctor guy my friend and his girlfriend they're going to come being on my show soon and they do not disappoint but anyway if you want to see anonymous picks of my guests if you're into pantyhose and you have that fetish I have a tear for you there I also have part twos uh, that I'm airing there uh, as well. So sign up for my Patreon because it's fucking great and you won't be disappointed. And it's like chump change a month. There's like a $3 tier where you get, like I said, the anonymous picks. These episodes way earlier than everybody else as well as part twos to all my episodes. I'm airing them there now as well. So that's patreon.com slash 
Strictly Anonymous podcast. This is a bonus episode I have today. I have a couple bonus episodes I'm going to be throwing out because, and bonus episodes to me are episodes that aren't typical of what I do on my show, but they're great episodes or something. Sometimes I like to do different things on my show because I've been doing it for seven years and why not do different things? But I, I'm definitely going to make sure that my regular episodes uh, are on Sundays and then my bonus episodes that are a little bit different are uh, posted here on Thursdays. So every now and then you're going to get a bonus episode and that's fucking fun. I like doing things different. Like I said, I've been doing my show for seven years. Every now and then I want to change it up. Today I changed it up by talking to David Yontef. He hosts Behind the Velvet Rope podcast on iTunes, on any podcast app you could hear his podcast. It's fucking great. I was a listener of his podcast and then uh, he decided to come on the show. We talk about everything. This is just like a great convo with a super cool open guy. We talk about how he got into podcasting, what he used to do before he became a podcaster, which is super interesting. I mean, his show is very successful after a very short time. I mean, he's only been on doing his show for like one year and it really took off. He has everybody who's anybody on his show. Like I said, we talk about his show. We talk about what he did before. We talk about uh, how he came out of the closet. He's gay. He, we talk a lot about his first experiences. Like I said, how he came out of the closet, how that happened, how he first started hooking up with guys. Cause you know, I try to get personal with all my guests. So I get definitely personal with him. And then we talk a lot about dating, you know, dating in general, dating as a gay man, dating as a successful podcaster who is friends with a lot of famous people dating in the industry, right? Dating out of the industry. He was actually on Millionaire Matchmaker, which is kind of crazy because I'm like a reality TV junkie. That's the only shit I watch besides Handmaid's Tale. That's the only like scripted show I watch, which is like the best show ever invented. But I only watch reality TV and documentaries. So um, he was on Millionaire Matchmaker. So I probably saw his episode, right? Because... But I don't remember it. But he was on that show too. And we talk a little bit about that. But anyway, it's like I said, it's a great combo with David Yontid. You have to, Yontaf, if you're one of his listeners, you're going to learn a lot more about him and get the scoop on him because normally you're listening to him talk to other people about themselves. Um, and if you're not someone who listens to this podcast, you should check it out because he has, like I said, everybody who's anybody. I mentioned this on the show. He's like a really great listener. That's probably the first thing I noticed about his show when I first started listening. I was like, wow, this guy really shuts the fuck up when his guests talk. Not like me. I interrupt people all the time, but he's a great listener. He runs a great show. It's called Behind the Velvet Rope. He, like I said, he has everybody on. So if you're a fan of reality TV, Go check out his show. There will be links in the description below. Um, so that's it. I'm going to be right back on with David. This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hey, David Yontef, right? Welcome that is to the, right. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Everyone says my last name wrong, so you shouldn't feel bad if you say it wrong. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I was going to say Yontef. Is that what people normally say? Yeah, Yontef, Yontef, whatever. You know, I'm a nice New York Jewish girl, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. So wait, so you have your own podcast, right, Behind the Velvet Rope. I was surprised when I was, like, doing a little intel on you, which I normally don't do on my callers, but I did for you because, you know, you have your own show that you've only been doing it for a year, and it's really super successful, right? Be Listen, it's been 
I mean, I've you know how it is. I've worked really hard. You have to work hard with a podcast. I think there's a huge misconception with people that are like, I want to have a podcast. I don't mean to rain on anyone's dreams, but it's a lot of freaking work. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a year. It's been really successful. You know, I really contribute, I mean, COVID in part to my success. I mean, when I started, I was two days a week. It's a Bravo themed podcast. You know, it's other reality TV too, but mostly Bravo. Yeah. But it was really just COVID that I was two days a week. And then I started working and interviewing more Bravo celebrities. And then it was three days a week. And then we just kind of went to five days a week. There was a demand and now it's every day. Right. So, you, I mean, I am, and I've only mentioned this a couple of times on my show because my show is normally talking about other people, but I am like a reality TV lover like that's my thing and I don't care what people say like whenever people are talking in conversation like oh what do you like to watch I'm like I like I fucking love reality TV and I think it gets like a bad rap but to me it's so real I don't care what and like I said I don't care what people say because I I actually think when I watch scripted shows now unless they're really like weird and out there I think they're so terrible because I could tell they're scripted because they're so not real you know I'm so used to reality TV where you can't make that shit up but that's what I like you know so I it's like it's been something that I that's like my favorite so I'm like somebody that would listen to your show right? do all your listeners know how much you love reality TV or am not I really no you're bringing it up I don't like to talk about me just like I think like you don't really talk about you on your show right but that's what I'm gonna get you to talk about on my show <laughs> Mostly, I don't right no I don't and it's so funny it's like you know, listen, we were just talking about iTunes reviews and like, you know, listen, 90% of my reviews are great, no ego. And then I always get these like reviews where they're like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's, he's dry or he doesn't talk about himself. First of all, I mean, I'm talking to you. Do I seem like I'm a dry no. person? And I'm like, it's not my job. Like when I have a Bravo Liberty on, like I just had Candace on from Real Housewives of Potomac, Heather Thompson from yeah. Real Housewives of New York. We do non-Bravo. I had like Melissa Rivers and Perez Hilton. Like when I'm in yeah, I listen to your Perez Hilton one too. Sorry, go on. Yeah, Perez is an official friend of the show. He's been on four times. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really like him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's great. Yeah, but you know, like so when you're on my show, it's right. It's not about me. Right. You know, I'll give you little tidbits about myself, but. Really, if you're saying something, it's not, it's not about me. And so it is, I sit there and I'm just like awkwardly silent, but it's, it's, it's on purpose. You know, I think the other thing is. I did notice my, that. I'm sorry to cut you off because I cut people off all the time and you'll see that in my ahead. reviews. But I did, I really remember when I was listening, that was like one of the first things that I was really struck by. Like you probably don't have one review, like stop inter- interrupting your guests because you are so pro that y- you never interrupt. <laughs> I do it all the time. And I think a lot of people who do interview people are interrupters. I mean, that's what I always say. Like everyone else that I listen to, Andy Cohen interrupts people. Howard Stern interrupts people. Like, you know, because we're just curious about people. So you can't help but sort of jump in and do that. But you're you're a great interviewer and that's what you do. But you don't interrupt at all. Like you are very silent. You let the person talk. And I think that that's a really good thing to have. And it's like, listen, it's by design for two things. First of all, my show has gotten a lot of press. We're in the all these magazines. I've kind of turned into like a Perez Hilton. Like I, listen, with practice makes perfect. I've turned into like a tabloid journalist. I have a certain style. Yeah. I will, this is what I say. I will ask you out on the date. I will hold the door for you. I will pick you up on time. Yeah. I will take you out. I will buy you dinner. I will buy you drinks. I will buy you more drinks. Uh It's all about you and I will treat you well. But at the end of the day, mama wants a little. Right. So 
I start slow and we can talk about some things, but look, I don't shy away from the hard questions. And if there's stuff, you know, drama, we need to get to the bottom of, I'll go there. But also I've learned how to get certain sound bites and headlines. So, I mean, it is calculated because that's what people want. So you really just need to be quiet when people are talking because in the beginning I wasn't. And then they would be like, you know, I'd have like a people magazine be like, well, what she just said was great, but you were talking over her. So what's the quote? Is she saying that she hates this person or are you saying? Oh, interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, part of it's self-serving, but it really is. And the more I started thinking about it and researching, I'm like, it's not really my job to give my opinion when I'm interviewing you. And don't get me wrong. People come on my show and say all sorts of things that I don't believe. I'm like, that's bullshit. I don't, but it's, that's also, when you're on my show, I think it's your hour to tell your truth. Right. I get it. Okay. Right. For Real Housewives of Potomac. Like, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about whether I'm team Candace or team Monique. That's, that's really neither here nor there. I'm not going to comment on it. Candace is on my show today. Doesn't mean I don't like Monique. It means Candace said yes, and she is here. And I want to hear her truth of how she thinks this SmackDown went. Yeah. And then, you know, I get chastised. Where's Monique? Well, if Monique would call me back, she could be here tomorrow. Like, I don't play favorites. I play, like, come on my damn show. But don't you feel it's also like, you know, it's kind of like you welcome the guest into your home. Like, you wouldn't go against, right? And that's the way I treat people. Because sometimes I have people on my show and people are like, oh, they were obviously fucking lying or whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? It's not my place to say anything. I feel like when I'm talking to somebody, they're like a guest in my house and I treat them according. You know, like, you're not going to get in a fight with them or like, like, I... Totally. You know. And, you know, another thing is you could only ask the same thing so many times. Like, so, for instance, I ask every single housewife, come on, tell me the truth. Were you fired or, were, or did you quit? Oh, Let's right. face it, yeah. uh, there's three people, maybe four, that actually quit. Yeah. Nobody else. Everyone else was fired. So I'll ask someone, were you fired? You know, they'll give their answer. It, your answer makes no sense, actually. I'll push back on you, and I'll be like, that doesn't seem like you quit. And we're talking new. And then eventually you have to move on. I mean, my biggest fear is that someone's going to hang up on me. It's never happened yet. Believe it or not, I don't even think that would be the worst thing because you kind of use it to your advantage. Oh, well, that would be a great episode, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, sure. but it's never happened. But that's what people don't understand. I mean, again, I'm not complaining. I'm just like, a podcast is, it's a lot more work, people, than just turning on a damn microphone. Oh my God, I you know. know, I can't even. But let's talk about, what I want to do is talk about you, right? Because like we start out saying, on your show, you talk to other people. Do, I mean, what you do before? I have a whole past life. Like I... That's what I want to okay. talk about. Like, because I want to well, know, have you ever been married? Do you date? I, you know... Are you gay? Let's, You're gay, right? You said you I know, am gay. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for asking. It's so funny. <laughs> I had a guest on my show. Yeah, I had a guest, Judy Gold. I don't know if you know her. She's yeah, I do. Uh huh. She's great. And yeah. so, like, when the show started, she's like, I mean, she's like David Yontaf, and she's like, look at you. And I was like, I have this pink artwork in my. She's like, You're so gay, and she's a lesbian. And yeah. I, mean, I don't even if you're straight, I'm not offended by that. And I'm like, Yeah, I am so gay. And I'm like, you know. Thank God, because I mean, I think it's harder if you're a straight acting gay, like you have to come out all the time to so many people. I'm like, I'm happy that it's like, you know, 
Obvious. Believe it or not, like one in every maybe 10,000 people. No, maybe ever one in like 100,000 people. Every now and then someone is a little confused about whether I'm a straight man or not. It's usually in the middle of America. But yes, 99% of the people I meet are like, know that I'm obviously gay. So I am gay. I grew up, I went to law school. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm like, you know, again, I'm a nice Jewish girl. So yeah. my parents were like, all right, so, you know, these are your two choices. You can go to med school or law school. I dissected a frog in biology. I was like, I can't do this. I'm going to choose the law school route. Went to law school. I don't know what my parents would have done if I was like, well, I want to be an actor. I mean, you know, I really, anyone's parents that support them from the beginning of like, follow your dreams. That is amazing. Yeah. It was not my parents. Sorry, there's sirens going by, even though I'm high up in an apartment. That's okay. I'm in here too, yeah. So I went to law school, graduated, practiced corporate tax law. Does that sound fun to you? No. No, it does not. So then I fell in. So I eventually quit. I fell into recruiting, you know, like staffing. Like, yeah, like I had you a staffing make good money agency. doing that. Uh-huh. Right. So I had my own company and I made good money. And then I disposed my company. I sold my company. And then I worked in-house for all these different companies running HR and recruiting. I worked for the most notable as I ran HR and recruiting at Martha Stewart. Oh, wow. Okay. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. So, I mean, you know, if you think Martha Stewart is easy to work for, she's not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if there's anyone out there listening that thinks Martha Stewart's easy to work for, she's not. I don't think there's anyone that thinks that. I don't think so either. So, yeah. but you know, it's like, it's funny. It's like, I don't have anything really negative to say about Martha. Like, you know, all these people that are at the top of their game and they get so much flack. It's kind of like, I understand it. You know what I mean? Like, I understand it. Like, Martha's a perfectionist. Yeah, but I, and I also, I hate to bring up the male-female thing, but I have to say, I have a, you know, I, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of male CEOs that pull the same shit, but there's not, like, words and terms that people use for, a, you know, and I do True. think, and if you think about that bitch, how successful she was, and the time that, in and how she made herself successful, the time that she did it in, you had to be a certain way yeah. because it's a, it was a man's world. So you got to give it up to her or anybody in her age range that became hugely successful as a female. And so, so what if she's, I don't know what they even use for her, but I mean, don't you have to be that way to be a CEO and be the boss? And, you know, I mean, it takes a certain personality type. So I just think that there's more words for it when it comes to a woman than a man. But I'm sh- like, you think every male CEO out there is like a puppy dog? No, it's like, they're- no. Fucking hardcore too. Same shit. No, and 
I, I agree. And you know, so like, if you're great at what you do, and also I have to say, I have a, being from New York, I have the type of personality where I have such a thick skin. I would rather you say, David, get in my office and why, what the fuck is wrong with you? And why did you do this? And this is horrible. And this is a disaster. And I don't know why we hired you. Yes, be direct. Don't figure this out. I'd rather have that than have you be like, it's all fine. Don't worry. And I'm like, mm, it doesn't really sound like it's fine. And then it's really not fine. But that's what you said to me. And meanwhile, you've had three meetings about me because something's wrong. What's your what's your deal, though, like in your personal life? Right. So you won't tell me how old you are. Have you ever been married? I mean, now you can get married. Right. Or do you have are you planning on ever having kids like I've never been married. Um, I've never been married. Um, what else was I going to say? And uh, what's the longest like are you in a relationship now? I am not in a relationship now. So, okay, so I've never been married, not in a relationship now. Kids are definitely not for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just not. Um, I think you know, you know what I mean? Like, I always knew when I was younger I wanted to have a kid, and I think other people know the opposite. And whatever it is that you want, I think it's, uh, it's super important not to have any regrets, you know? Do you have kids now? Yeah, I have a single mom with a kid and I had it way older in life. I'm like more like a gay man because I, I use a surrogate. Like, you know, I was 46 when my son was born. I did a lot. And know. you're all you're all about your... Listen, I have a lot of friends that are single moms. Yeah. And yeah, some early and some late. I have a lot of friends now that have surrogates. I'm, I'm all for it. So no, I mean, kids are not for me. I, I realize that. So I don't really need a child. Um, you know, like, especially during COVID, I think that it's, I think it's time. And I think I would welcome a serious relationship. Uh -huh. You know what it is? I have an adult version. I have like an adult view of relationships. So I get, I think people make a mistake that like, this is not a Julia Roberts movie. Like this is not pretty woman. Yeah. So I think, you know, you get to be a certain age, whatever it is, where, like, like I take responsibility for my singleness. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think most of the time what I always say, because, you know, is that whatever your life is right in front of you right now, you created that on some level. So if you're talking yes. about you want something so different and that's who you are, then, then you, you know, you need to put that out there because what you have is what you wanted, right? Like, that's I it completely agree with that I, I really do i don't i don't believe in a victim mentality i don't believe in like why can't i find someone why can't you find someone is like you need to go to therapy and understand that it's a lot you that if right, you maybe really wanted yeah. someone mm -hmm. an adult healthy relationship you would have someone it's called sacrifice not doing what you want all the time the sex is not going to be as great three years in. I mean, I guess it could be. I'm just stereotyping. But you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh -huh. these are adult. So I feel like, yeah, up to this point, I've lived the life that I've wanted. Yeah. You know, I think COVID, it's not like I'm one of these people, oh, God, I've changed, like, from COVID. You know, but, like, I think, you know, like, I would welcome a relationship. Right. What was I the would. longest relationship you've ever had? Ugh. My track record is so bad. Uh, it's okay. I have a terrible track record myself, so don't. You know, you're like talking to a commitment like, phobe, so I, I maybe totally like get it. six months at most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
maybe six months at most. I mean, in your I whole think, life. Yeah. And I'm not 22. So there you go. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, I hear you. But wait, let, when, let's go back to when you were younger. Like, when did you realize that you were gay? And when did you come out? Like, all that kind of stuff is always interesting to me. I mean, I realized I was gay probably maybe during law school. I mean, I think you realize it and then you realize it. Does yeah. that make any sense? Yeah. You realize it and then you don't want to realize it. So you... Well, at least I, you, you know, put it someplace else. Yeah, mm -hmm. you act on it once every three months, and you're like, "Well, I'm not gay. It's just like a thing. It just happens." Yeah. And then you just realize, "Yeah, but I really like that, so I'm gay." So I think probably like during law school. Oh, so you were way older. Now, when you were younger, <laughs> did, were you hooking up with guys? Like, when was the first time that you hooked up with a guy? Probably like around eighteen. Uh huh. Ish. They're not so young. Right. But, so and what were you hooking up with girls and dating girls in high school? Was that like your thing? I had a girlfriend in high school for two years. Mm -hmm. We didn't do much. Should have been the first like indication. <laughs> but we didn't do so Did, much. You never had sex with her? No. She <laughs> would suck my dick. So, I mean, when you have a girlfriend that you never want to go down on and you're like, you can just suck my dick. Yeah. I really don't want to do anything to you. Yeah, well, we were just having this whole conversation with a friend because I had a caller on recently who just like hates going down on women. And I was like, that's like really interesting to me. Like, what does that mean? You know, and so I started talking to my guy friends about it. And I'm like, don't you think that means maybe he's gay? Because like, isn't that like a big part? You know, if you're not into that at all. I yeah. Know, right. Um, so you never would have sex with her. You wouldn't go down on her. She sucked your dick. You dated her for two years and she was fine with that for some reason. I, listen, we weren't, you know, I didn't really, like, I drank in, in college for the first time. So we were, like, the good students, you know, yeah, that, yeah. like, I got straight A's. We were, like, that type. So she wasn't, we weren't, like, the popular kids. So I think she was just happy to have a boyfriend, but we yeah. also got along. Like, we would mm -hmm. come into New York and go shopping, you know what I mean? Yeah. But mind you, then when we graduated senior year before we went to college, I was like, we're going to have a great summer. Like, one summer before college, and that's when she's like, sweetie, I'm dumping you. She found <laughs> a real man that she probably had tons of sex with. Yeah, yeah. And then I was devastated, but I wasn't really devastated. I was devastated because I was like, I have no friends now, and I want to go shopping in New York. Yeah. But so that you're 18, and how? what's that first experience like? It was, I'm trying to think of, you know, it's like, it's weird to think like what was my first experience like probably not doing much it was someone who worked at the gap at the mall and like fooling around in his car which wasn't even really that much of a first experience what do you mean but it wasn't that much of a well well how did we you like even know? Did you guys both work together like how did the whole because like listen here you are 18 you have been dating women right so now this is going to be you know ballsy of you to take that step and hook up with a guy the first time like how did it happen that's a really good question i believe i did take the initiative and i 
think that I either like called the gap and got him on the phone, which is what I think I did. Uh-huh. Or a note, but really called and just said, I was in there and I think you were cute. That's pretty forward. Yeah, I guess I was really, fo- I have another forward story too. Yeah. So I think, I mean, listen, I have a forward personality, but yeah. like even back then in my own way, I think that I was forward. Yeah. Yeah, that is forward. For somebody that, you know, was dating women, right, and totally in the closet, then to, you know, all of a sudden start calling up and, you know, going after what you want, which is a guy, I think that's very forward. Yeah, I think you're right. So you wind up in the car with him. I wind up in the car with him. But let me tell you, nothing really happened because he was older. Uh Not that I was young and he was nervous, but he was like, you know this isn't really how it works. Like, you know, come out of the closet, sweetie, and let's go have, you know, a drink or coffee or whatever. Yeah. So look, someone actually was like, you know, he's like, I don't want this in my life. I mean, if I had to take a guess, he was probably like 28. I was like 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. So nothing. And I was like, oh, you know, so he kind of, you know, in a nice way, called me out of like, you want to go out and be seen? I don't, I'm better than just a car. Like, good for him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You either, like, you could look at that story and say, oh, you picked like the really right gay guy or you picked the really wrong gay guy. Because <laughs> I think totally. a lot of guys would have been down for that scenario, right? There's like, I feel like, right? Why not? Just a quick hook up in the car with a, a guy that's 10 years younger than you, you know? Is like, but this was a guy that really sort of held the mirror in front of you, maybe, and made you think about things yourself. Yeah. Yes. And then, I mean, then in college, you know, there were bathrooms, like there are bathrooms you could fool around. Like I yeah. wasn't looking for, but I was like, oh, in the library, I was like, oh, this is uh so I had stuff like that. But then what happened is. One of my friends, I went to school in Connecticut. One of my friends went to school in Columbia, came to visit my friend at Columbia. We were in the Met or some thing like that. Uh-huh. And that's the I museum? Can't... Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you're in a museum. Now, your guy, um, fr- the friend that you're visiting, is it a, a male or a female? A male. Okay, so you're at the Met. Um... What was I going to say? We were at the Met and he, uh, like, I saw this cute guy and I was like, I think he's gay. So I, once again, Ballsy kind of just slowly moved away from my friends, ran into this guy. It was obviously we were cruising each other. And I said, like, I'm with my friends. I can't really talk. Because let's remember, I'm still closeted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we exchange numbers or whatever. Exchange numbers. Then I texted him right away, and he's like, yeah, I'm free tonight. Meet me here for a drink. Now, I was still underage, probably 19 or whatever. Yeah. I, what was I going to say? He, his cousin owned the bar, Flamingo East. I don't know if you remember that place. No. Uh-uh. It's not there. But I, I'm lucky that I have enough friends in the city. So I told I'm not enough friends. I have family in the city. So I told my friends that I was having dinner with my cousin. Mm -hmm. So I was able to to... go hook up with that guy. Go meet him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he too wanted drinks and a movie. And then he went back to his house. And then I stayed over and I told my friends, I'm just going to stay at my cousin's. And then we hooked up. Right. And was that was so that was your full on first experience. 
And did you do everything with him? No, we did not do everything. We did not do everything. Just oral? Oral, yeah, and kissing. Right. And did you like him? Or was it just a hookup? I liked him. Mm -hmm. Now, is that when you realize like, oh, you're gay and this is what this means? And I mean, you know, or do you are you still sort of compartmentalizing it in your life like you do it and then detach from it? Um, kind of then, because I was still studying all the time. Yeah. You're in law school. No, I wasn't in law school. I was in college. Yeah. But I kind of still separated it and I liked him. But I also went to school and you know what it is? It wasn't like, oh, New York is so close by. Let me come in. It was like, um, I'm going back to school. So I kind of liked him. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't, I mean, don't you always like the first person you hook up with and like they have a life and you don't? Yeah, I think so. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, just so, I feel like sometimes it could just be a physical thing. Sometimes it's romantic. And I think when the romantic thing comes into play like that makes you realize more, right? Because I have a lot, listen, I have a lot of guys on my show and it's kind of crazy to hear. And I, But now doing my show six years, I've heard it many times. Like, yeah, I like to suck dick, but I'm not gay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they, you know, but when you want to kiss a guy and you you like him and you feel romantic feelings you know that I feel like would make you it would be harder to deny that either you're bi or gay or something like that you know so I'm just wondering when it really clicked for you and then okay can we just go back because I find that way more interesting so all of these (laughs) straight guys yeah say yeah like they just like I mean I get they like to suck dick I mean I don't get that I get the like I don't care if, like, I'm drunk, I'll lay back and let the guy suck. Yeah. But they're okay with, they're like, I like to suck dick, but I'm straight. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They won't even, and yeah. And you believe this. Well, no, I have conversations. My whole thing is always, like, I just want to ask them. That makes me curious. I want to ask a million questions. Like, how do you feel yeah. like you have dicks in your mouth, but you're straight? Maybe you're bi, you know? And then it turned out that I had a very wrong view of what being bisexual is. And then there's a lot of guys on my show that... They're dressed, they like to, like, they're cross-dressers, so they don't really like men, but they like to be with men when they're dressed up as a girl. It gets so fucking confusing because I hear it all. So there's so many different scenarios, but yeah. Right, and if they're cross-dressing, that is different for them. When they're cross-dressed, they're, they're female, right? So but they're not trans. They don't, they don't want to transition. They don't identify as female. No, so it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole confusing. No, thing, I mean, yeah. I understand it. A lot of people don't like, I have a lot of straight friends, even in New York that still mess up things like Caitlyn Jenner is a lesbian and they're like, huh? And I'm like, so it's, I, I get it, yeah. you know, so cross-dressing, like, Caitlyn's a woman, yeah, but not a man, and right, Caitlyn likes women, so therefore Caitlyn's a lesbian, and they're like, huh? But yeah, cross-dressing is, I, really, so just this whole category of straight men that just like a dick in their mouth. All right. Yeah, but haven't well, you, have you, I mean, as a gay man, I don't know if you're like super promiscuous and like do a lot of hookups, uh, you know, if you're not I'm dating all the time. Promiscuous enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've had to have hooked up with many guys, Tons. straight, straight that are married. You know, I hear these stories all the time, you know, so there's Tons. guys like you on the other end of that story, right? That are Tons, really guys. But yeah. 
I, they're not really sucking my, yeah, I love it. I love hooking it because it's not, well, sometimes it's just no, like, sometimes they, like they're getting you to suck them off. Sometimes they're being bottom. Sometimes they're topping. I mean, I've heard it all right. You know, but I have had a lot of guys. I will tell wow. you say that they hook up with guys, but they don't consider themselves gay. And I'm always like, you know, if I was a gay man listening, I'd be insulted. You know, this is what I've come to say. Like, because it's almost like I get it. You, you don't want to admit something about you. Like, what is that? Like, what is that? Oh, but I'm not gay. Like, as if being gay, there's something wrong with it. You know, that's what I don't get. You know, that whole not being able to identify. I mean, if you have a dick in your mouth and you like to suck dick and that's a part of a man, like, maybe you like guys, you know? And I don't understand that disconnect of not being able to say that. And that's where, and I've yeah said it on my show, like, I think... You know, it's kind of like rude to say, you know, because it. Why is that a bad thing, you know? But I mean, listen. But I'm I always too. feel sorry for them instead, and I'm just like, you got some sexual identity issues. Yeah, but I have a lot of guys that listen. My show is not going to be needed 20 years from now because the younger generation is much more open and able to be who they are. Right? I'm 52. I grew up in a time where everything was under the rug. You know what I mean? Like nobody could be. You could never be gay. You know, I, there was a time like in the 80s when it was like cool for girls to be bisexual and they all started making yes. out with each other right but you know whatever it's like a girl crush became okay to say out loud but for the most part people in my age range and the people who are calling my show or have been living a double life their whole life you know and being gay does have a connotation to it which is you know slowly going away so you know I am talking to these people that have really been able to like sort of disconnect and keep that separate you know and it is interesting you know but and it's sometimes interesting yeah. talking about what they're doing for the first time you know but what I always find interesting is somebody like you who did come out of the closet right like how old were you when you came out of the closet like 24 24 and how was that like received and what made you decide to do it then well, then when I moved to New York, my first apartment was on Christopher Street. It just is what it is. And when my, my parents are divorced, my father and sister came to the apartment. They're just like, I mean, it really, listen, if people say don't out people, let them go at their own pace. Like, yeah, I don't announce it to the world. But I think good advice is if someone brings it up to someone, it makes it easier. So my sister and father were like, well, you're obviously gay. And I'm like, yeah. All right. Well, that was easy. I mean, yes, okay, I had 800 other people to tell, and it wasn't, like, that not obvious, but it's so easy when someone just asks you. I mean, if you're ready, you almost want, I don't know, that to me is easier than, like, sit down, we have to talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. So that's kind of, yeah. And they all, so most people were, most people knew and were not surprised. Yes. Mm -hmm. Most people knew and were not surprised with some exceptions. Like there's one or two friends I told and they were like, but you always talked about dating girls. And I'm like, well, yeah, just change those girls' names to guy names. Like, uh, is, that, is that why you're shocked? I mean, look at me, sweetheart. So, yeah. And, and so now why do you think though that you've only had like, I mean, six month relationships? Do you like, I mean, I have the same, th I mean, I've had like a one, two year relationship, but I definitely like would label myself as a commitment phobe. I've had those issues, but at the same part, I'm also a person that, you know, 
the thought of being with somebody, even when I was super young, was never like, oh, I can't wait to grow up and get married. I never had that fantasy in my really? life. You know what I mean? It seems like a little claustrophobic to me to be with the, I say it's like marriage math. If you like, how could you be with somebody for that many years, the same person? You know, I don't know. It's like, I mean, you know, as, but as I get older, it seems uh, easier to think, oh, I could be with someone for 10 years. You know, 10 years when you're in your 50s, is right. it goes fast. When you're younger, 10 right. years seems like your whole fucking life, you know, and I never could understand but is that. also some of that for you like now your life is changing like yeah you know, for sure like, mm-hmm. like your ailments you know you're not 90 years old but you know you're slowing down is some of it just like well my life is changing anyway and also i like to do and i don't know if this for you because i think you said you were looking maybe to maybe open yourself up to have a partner now but right isn't that what you said but like I would, and I think I have realistic expectations, you know, but the person has to be, you know, I mean, this is going to sound so obnoxious, but like, I really feel that people that I meet to date, this sounds so obnoxious and it's not meant to, it's like, when you look around and you're like, what the fuck are you bringing to this? Like, I'm the more successful one. I'm the one that's at the gym at 6am. I'm the one that's working, like... It, it's it's not meant to sound obnoxious. Like I just can't deal with that lazy like. So you want so an equal? Busy. You want to be with an equal? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't and think that's hard. You know, when but- I meet an equal who is also cute and listen, I have realistic expectations of cute. You know, I'm not talking like you know you can't eat an extra slice of pizza and have zero. You know, no. I'm just saying like a normal cue, like I don't get into that. Like the thing I, one of the things I hate the most is I'm so busy. Oh, I didn't call you back. No, nobody is that. Like, I think the proof is in the pudding. So to me, it's like actions speak louder than words. So Mm -hmm. the minute someone, and I tell this to my friends all the time, I actually give great dating advice just because I don't take it myself. But, you know, like the minute someone can't call back, do you know what I mean? The minute they're like, it's like, I don't care what they're saying to you. Actions speak louder than words. And this person doesn't like you and you should just move on. Yeah. You know enough. I, mean? I like, think at a certain I point. I hate that I'm too busy yeah. when I'm working here on a podcast 20 hours a day and you're sitting on your damn couch. If you think that's busy, then we have different definitions of that. And I'm really turned off. Yeah. I want someone I'm turned on by not even like money success, but like just success in your profession mm-hmm. for sure and I, I don't know about you but for me it's like I like to do things that are really hard for me it's very easy to be alone it's I love it it's the easiest it's thing easy. Yeah. I prefer it I mean you know and so to me I feel like on my deathbed would I be sad that I was never married no that's never been a thing but I would like to say I had a 10-year relationship and I was able to do that because I think it would be hard and I that would be like conquering something and do it and I like to just do hard things you know what I mean so I could like check I that off the it. box and be like oh I was able to do that something that was like difficult you know and I like I said I think it's like it doesn't seem as a claustrophobic to me thinking about a relationship now for 10 years than it did you know before do you I have agree. a little commitment phobia you think or and by you- the way i say the same thing like i'm not gonna look back on my deathbed and say like i wish someone was here because i will admit that i wasn't willing to do what came along with that 
right. throughout the, the years. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's easy to look back and say, I wish someone was here. Yeah, sure. At the end of my life, I would wish someone was there, but that doesn't mean that I would want to sacrifice for what I consider a sacrifice, like 80 years of my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, <coughs> excuse me. Do I think I'm somewhat of a commitment phobe? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's that. I, I really feel this. This is going to be like a very negative. It's going to sound negative, but it's not. I just have a very, what's the word? I'm a very happy person. I'm not unhappy. I just have like a very realistic, I don't even think pessimistic, a realistic view of the world. I look around and I think like, 15% of couples, maybe more, I like to say 15%, and what do I know? Who am I? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I just think like 15% of the couples out there are truly happy and well-matched. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and so, absolutely. But like, in the rest of the couples, it, it seems like a really fucking awful time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So to me, I don't get that that to me is an absolute fucking death fucking sentence that's a death <laughs> oh, sentence. right yeah yeah what right, your, what's with your parents relationship are they still together well here's the thing my parents are they had a brutal 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 divorce mm -hmm. there's tons of divorce in my family i know i know you could go there and analyze it with that but like my sister is divorced now but she was in a very long relationship with her high school sweetheart and now she has another boyfriend so it's like you can't i mean okay so we're two years apart and it doesn't mean it would affect her no you know, i asked because i never looked at relationships or marriage and like oh i want to do that because my parents they're still together to this day but the way they talk to each other and the way that they were and the torture i saw my mom go into what she had to deal with my father but what she's signed up for and stayed with her whole life i could never like it was just always like i think that was a big turnoff to me you know on some level like that yeah. was a part of it you know so that's just why i asked i mean whether they're divorced or not like my parents are still together but i don't really you know it's not interesting to me um but just because of the relationship that they had that I saw didn't seem appealing <laughs> at all. Like I just, I think I'm never really even going to understand it until, in, in, until if it ever happens, I'm in a 10 year loving relationship, but I just don't really get it. You know, I, 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 I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. So like, yeah, I mean, I would like someone. It's not like, but I agree. Like I don't really get lonely but you know what isn't that the best person that you should want to be in a relationship with so i mean i'm, I'm open that's to a, a good starting point i mean that's where you yeah. should start from because then you're not going to wind up with someone out of desperation or you know right. but then if you're not slightly desperate for the companionship then you're going to be less likely to put up with certain things i think a lot of people are so not interested in being alone and that's fine. I think there's just two different types of people. You know, I don't think anyone's yeah. right or wrong, right? It's just you're either like a relationship person or you're not. And relationship people, totally. they cannot be alone. So I think they have it in them to put up with more of the garbage that maybe somebody who loves being alone is going to put up with because they don't have a choice. The fear of being alone of what they don't like is is stronger than their distaste of what they're dealing with. You know what I mean? So they put up with it whereas if you love being alone, you're like the minute things get a little difficult, you might be like, I'll see you later, you know, because you're fine with being alone. And that's could be the problem, right? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. So, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm not like picky. It's not like you can make one mistake and you're out. It's just more like, I mean, I think with a relationship, this is what I've always said. I think I need someone to kind of be more of the aggressor. Like, it's almost like, like if I look at all my friends, this is going to sound obnoxious also. Like, I didn't like all my friends in the beginning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, I'm one of those people that like, if you just hang in there, I mean, okay, if there's no sexual attraction or whatever, but like, I look at my friends and I'm like, I didn't really choose these people. It just kind of happened. Like, yeah. you wanted to go out with me as a friend, and then you wanted to go out again, and then you wanted to go out again. And I don't know. I didn't really love you. Like, I didn't think, but here you are. You're yeah. still here a year later. So we're friends now. Like, it just, I didn't analyze it. It just happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think when it's like, with a relationship, Someone needs to kind of say, like, let's go out. Like, it's not me being wined and dined. It's not my ego. It's just that, like, if left to my own devices, I am okay alone. So if you ask me out, I'll go, even if I'm not overly interested. So you're not that aggressive guy that was calling up the gap and, you know, making shit happen or at the Met that was like... I am, like, with my podcast. That's how it's become so successful. Like, I am when I want something you know right but has there ever been any guys over the time you know that you have wanted them and have done that even recently no 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 like there's nobody that i can think of no Mm -hmm. do you do dating apps like tinder and stuff like that like how do you meet the guys that you meet yeah, I like to do the dating apps, mm-hmm. sure. Right, and have you been hooking up through COVID? Like, what is that deal? You know, here's the thing. COVID is a learning experience, right? Yeah. In the beginning of COVID, in the beginning, no. I was fucking petrified. Yeah. It literally, I said this before, it's like fucking high school. It's like, I'm like 14 again, and it's fucking high school. I wasn't hooking up at all. March, yeah. April, May, you know, then look, we're all living with COVID. I think everybody, for the most part, now has relaxed COVID practices of what they probably should be and right. what they were in the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, with a few exceptions. So I feel that in general, I do things in COVID that I probably shouldn't. You know, I still think I'm, you know, I, I work at home with a podcast. I'm home for days. I don't leave my apartment. But yeah, I, I, I hook up in COVID. Yeah. And then, then is when- it really safe? No, I mean, do I rationalize it? Yeah, is it, it? Do I know what I'm talking about? No, I mean, I rationalize it of like I haven't left my house in two weeks because I have a job at home and I live in New York and nothing's open. Yeah. So if I hook up with two people this week, yeah, we're very close to each other. But <laughs> yeah. That's two people versus I'm not so sure that's any less safe than going to the grocery store. All right, the fair way. Yeah, uh-huh. Again, not, not justifying, but yeah, so I, I hook up now. Mm-hmm. And so people are hooking up. Like, I mean, listen, I just had an escort on this girl, Molly, who's been on my show before, and the whole thing was kind of like, are you still escorting through COVID? And she has, and sometimes she sees a lot of guys in a day, and she's never been sick. She didn't get COVID, yeah. you know? So. And I, I had COVID, and I have to tell you, Oh, well, there you I go. I, we don't need to get into through why. It was no, but I'm saying that. But, so you're safe, but don't you feel safe because you've had it? I do, but you know, they don't know for sure. Yeah, but still. 
I think that makes you pretty. They safe. don't know, and it was through a housewife thing. It was like, and I don't want to get into what it was, but you know, it's like when you see on the news and they're like the police busted up that that party yeah. where there was forty people. It was like that. It was in, and it was an event with ninety people in a restaurant with no masks. Right, and during it wasn't COVID. at the height. Of, no, it was during COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, you know, it's one of these things of, like, we know all 90 people. Well, okay, you did. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. It just takes one person. And that's where it was like, you know, it's almost like, you know what it is, you don't necessarily believe. There's so much, like, fodder on COVID that you don't know what to believe. And so not only like that, I'm sorry, but you've been like to tell somebody who's single and has a sex drive, like, you know, it's one thing to, you know, to keep to not be hooking up in the first three months, you know, but like, we're like almost a year later, you know, eventually, like, what are people supposed to fucking do? You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, I think a lot of people relaxed you know, a, a lot of the, the yeah. rules that they had with themselves also because you're like sick of not fucking living life. Like seriously, you know, I get it. And you're fucking horny. Yeah. I mean, literally I was going crazy in the beginning of COVID. Like of with no hookups, like literally crazy. We were, listen, I lived in New York. I stayed in New York, right? You were stayed here. Like, I mean, it was hardcore and, you know, and, and for a while we all, I saw a man throw himself off a window out a window and kill himself right in front of me 10 feet away like that's yeah. how fucking crazy people were going okay? yeah like seriously people were throwing and it's still themselves like off depressing buildings. i mean it's yeah. still like oh, you yeah. know like, like everyone who was like blah 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 in 2020 and i'm like this was in like november i'm like if one more person starts you know saying something about 2020 like people wake up and smell the coffee what is going to be different with 2021 no, I, mean, I, I, I appreciate the optimism but <laughs> like I was it's not going to magically change yeah. no and yeah. so like you know I mean it's still like God knows what the fuck is going on in the world like hopefully this just isn't our life you know and that's kind of how my show really blew up too like I anyone that slept through COVID that didn't want to get out of bed I am not judging you yeah. know, no judgment. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. So I doubled down and that's when I was like, I'm working and like, oh my God, like we have so many people recording now. Let's go to three days a week. And the fans were like, I can't believe you're three days a week. No one's doing this. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to go to four days a week. It, it just, that's how the podcast kind of exploded really. Yeah. I did my Patreon. That was always something that I wanted to do. And I mean, I was locked in the house by myself, no cleaning lady anymore, no nanny, no anyone. And just like a four-year-old. I mean, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? But I, you know, I introduced the iPad to him and I got shit done. And that's how I put my, I did, I got a lot of stuff done that I was always on the back burner, you know, because as New Yorkers, like you always feel like you have to be out and about doing stuff, right? You're never like home enough to really get exactly. stuff done. So it was, it. Same it, here. I did everything in my house. Yeah. But you know, so look, I mean, it's not like, oh, I'm lonely and depressed now. I want to meet someone. It's just, you know, it's more like, yeah, it's just more like I'm open to it, but it's like, I really am of that, like. Yes, I need to be sexually attracted to you, of course. Right. And I mean, really, let's not let's not decrease my like superficiality. So it's not. What's your like type? I'm in not... case people are listening, you know, they're going to go Google way, you. So, right, like then it's like I really believe the problem people yeah. make in dating is like it should be your best friend. The person should be your friend. Like dating should be fun. 
Yeah. So I, I am very, maybe because of the podcast, it's all scheduling and, and I'm just very, I mean, your listeners are probably not going to believe this by listening to me. I'm actually not high strong in like my personal life. It's just the opposite. I'm like, it doesn't matter what we do. Like, it's just, you can make it fun. Yeah. So it's, you know, so it's like, I think, listen, I think like you, like, I think a lot of people that are okay being alone, like you get the right person. It's not that you're so picky. It's just that you, this should be your friend. It shouldn't be like just the person you're attracted to or like, I don't know, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's I, those I, relationships, those other, the, the, the 85% of the people, you know, you're looking for that 15%. Right. The 85%, I think, have something that's like you're putting a round peg in a square hole or some shit, you know, whatever that right. thing is. And it is very right. difficult. But I do think, because I think back to my life and I think of all the relationships I had that were shorter term. I mean, I was in just as bad of relationships, right? The same. And I learned, but it's like, I feel like the same as that person that's with the same person for 10 years and they have a really difficult relationship. They're learning and growing through that kind of stuff. I learned and totally. grew through 50 different people as opposed to one person, you know? So it's kind of like you do need bad relationships. You do learn there's data yeah. in that for everybody, right? We go through that. Um, and what's my type you asked before? Yeah, what's like, your type? Because listen, people are going to be listening and people are going to be Googling and they're going to be able to see you, right? You're not anonymous. Most people on my show are anonymous. Yeah. You're not anonymous. They could see what you look like. You're a handsome guy. You know, maybe you'll get some dates. I don't know. You never know. David Yontef behind the Velvet Row podcast. <laughs> yeah. So but what's if your you type? Hate, if you hate the way I look, I mean, thank you for saying I'm handsome. If you hate the way I look and you love reality TV, don't date me. Just listen to the damn fucking podcast. Exactly. Um, but if you don't know reality TV and you want to date me, go right ahead. Um, my type, I really, I know this sounds like cliche, but like I don't have a type per se. You know, I. You yeah, like who you like. I mean, it, you have to be fit and in shape. But mm -hmm. that's, that's a, that's a broad statement could you be really skinny and not work out and be like a total twink type sure could you be someone that like works out and has like a normal adult body sure like just yeah be i get somewhat it in shape like it's a pretty big variety what you about know? age range i seriously know I, I have to admit i do even though i didn't tell you my age i do make the mistake of dating way too young mostly yeah, that's a, so, always a tell to me. Like I was telling somebody, and I don't care whether you're gay or, or someone straight. Someone who's not ready for a relationship. No, but I just like when I did online dating many years ago, like that was always the first thing I looked at to see what a guy put. And it was always to me a red flag if some guy put in there like 20s yes. to 50s. Yes. I'm like, okay, if I'm, it's like apples and oranges. You know, if you would right. date a 25-year-old or a 50-year-old, you know, that's two different things. Like you can't be into both. So I get it, right? And that's Well, big, I, I always think it's weird when someone's like say 45 yeah and they say that they'll date 22 to 44 yeah that's it's what i mean like, <laughs> you want younger yeah you're just saying 44 because you're 45 this didn't just cross off at you know you really want someone like 18 to like 21 let's just let's just call it what it is yeah exactly you can you can well, I mean, but at least it weeds out the stuff but i mean i just always Age range is always interesting, you know, but I don't think no, there's anything I'm, wrong with liking whatever you fucking like anyway. No, I mean, listen, I would date like, I mean, I don't mind dating in the 20s, yeah. but I don't mind dating 30s, 40s, 50s. Like, I know it's like, it's so, 
like it'd be great you know listen there's a lot of you know 52 year old daddies that like are really have it together yeah so it doesn't really matter you know but it's, i mean i think for dating yeah like i need someone with a career so by that would be more like 30s 40s 50s you yeah. know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you listen nowadays you could get a youtuber that's like 27 and making millions Completely. of dollars right and it's like that's a, more and, money than all of us that yeah is very true yeah and listen nobody's going to be that successful without putting in the hard work it's not like success or that kind of money or like a youtuber like i think some people look at people like that and think oh like that they they like got lucky or something i mean no way it's fucking hard work or anybody that's you know totally is that it's not like i'm not like i have my own money like you don't need to it's just the like it's just the you know you just it's a similar life Mm -hmm. you know when the world was open i was the type that like I would say next weekend I'm going to get on a plane and I'm just going to go to Paris for the weekend. I mean, I don't need to live that type of life anymore. But, you know, it's just like you got to have some career. Like you can't, like money can't really be an issue. It, it cannot. You just, you have to have it together a little bit. Right, well, that's not, but you're not, right. And I think that that, like you said in the beginning when you were explaining that, like you feel like it sounds so obnoxious, but it it, it does make sense that it's not going to, it wouldn't work out with somebody that's like super right. hardworking, right, to have right. somebody lazy and, it, and vice versa, right? I mean, I think there is something to say about having someone who is your equal, not to say that other relationships don't work, right? Yeah. You see it in, like, when I heard that J-Lo was with A-Rod, you're like, that fucking makes sense. Even like right. Kanye with Kim Kardashian, like that fucking makes sense because a, a lot of other men yes. would not be able to deal with their success. They yes. need their equal. Andy Cohen, I'm always like, he needs his fucking equal. You know, he. Have you ever met him? Yeah. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound so good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can ask other gay men in New York if they like him or not. Yeah, but I mean, he's always like talking about like, I don't know, finding someone who always dates younger, but I'm always like, he needs, he would have to be with someone really successful. I think he would need maybe his equal, you know, I don't know, but he's notoriously single too. So, right. I mean, totally. But, you know, like someone like Andy, like his looks are fine. Anderson, like, you know, just like, just be cute, man. Just be cute. Like, so once we're past that. Yeah. We can worry about everything else. Right. And now does he like, let's, cause we're going to wrap it up and I want to go back to your podcast. Like, do you like it to be somebody that really is in reality? TV? Are you, cause like, I guess for your show, right. You have to be watching it and you are watching it and you must love it. Right. It's not like you just do it for your job. Right. Were you a reality TV star junkie like I am? And then just happen. And that's why you pick that for your podcast. I mean, I am, like, I would say I watch a lot of it for my show now. It's weird. It's like, I work so much that there are days, I mean, I flirted with people on my show before, and I feel like they flirted with me, and it hasn't really all the time. Everyone has a fucking boyfriend. Yeah. But part of me is like, oh, well, it would totally make sense if I met someone in the industry, someone who's on reality TV as a producer, just someone in the industry. So I have days like that. Yeah. And then I have other days where... If you don't know anything about what I talk about, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, you know that what makes I mean? Sense so too, yeah. I know I sound all over the place, but like that's refreshing too. I mean, what I don't like and what I has happened to me, but I mean I'm kind of a great judge of character, is like if you slip into my DMs and you don't know about reality TV, that's great. 
Like, you don't need to be the cool one. Like, you can be totally clueless. But, but when don't lie about in, it. Yeah. Right. When you slip in, you don't know about it. And all of a sudden, you got a question about Teresa Dudice <laughs> from The Real House. Like, oh, let no. me tell you. It's so obvious. You are not needing any of my housewife friends or anybody oh, that's on reality TV right. for months. Like, so if, because I've had that happen before. Oh, where like, they're just trying to use you to get to those people? Is that what you're saying? Yes. I've oh. had that happen specifically multiple times. And like, at least if you're a fan of Behind the Velvet Row podcast, yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, But like, exactly. you're not even necessarily a fan <laughs> of mine. You're just right. trying to get to all these housewives that I'm friends with. It's like, back off and you You're have crossed over as far as like i mean a lot of these people have become your friends right which i don't think is that common totally so that's the thing like i'm friends with a lot of these i mean i'm friends with a lot of the reality stars and like housewives that's really why i started my podcast but i really become friends with a lot of people that are on my show right i mean it's like intimate you're staring at someone on a zoom we're sitting next to them for an hour i'm just good at keeping in touch not everybody you just bond with certain people and love certain people yeah so yeah like if you're doing it to meet someone through me that's not going to happen so i feel like either someone in the industry that gets it and then that's like all right well i work all the time so i mean that's the other thing like everyone's like why are all your friends on reality tv you're such a fame whore blah blah i hear that all the time it's like no you don't understand like if you went to a nine to five job you would say, not to everyone, you would have certain colleagues that you would say, it's Thursday, let's go grab a drink at the bar. Yeah. To me, if you're a housewife and we can go have a drink and I can also talk about stuff and it's like helping my business that I legitimately like you as a friend, it's just like, that's like mixing business and pleasure. Everybody does it around the world. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So that's where I'm like, part of me will end up with someone in the industry mm -hmm. and then... I also love when people just don't know anything about the industry. Yeah, that when makes sense. And I don't think don't it's bad to be all over anything. the place. It just means you're yeah. open. You're just open. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I you know, am. Because sometimes you don't know what's right. Like sometimes, I mean, you could have it all planned out, envision it, whatever. But whoever shows up and is the right person could be something totally different. But I think it's good if you are open to different things. I don't think that that's bad, you know? Right, and I don't think that's bad either. No, so I mean, that's things kind on your of... vision board. <laughs> yeah, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, plus, so plug all your stuff. So your your podcast is behind the velvet rope. I listened to it. I loved it. You have all the players on there. If you're into reality TV, like I am, you know, you're interviewing everybody who's anybody, right? The current people. I mean, you get them all on your show. And what's great is like, because I went back and listened to other ones that were older. Like, and I listened to Perez because I love him. Right. And you've had him on a lot. Right. So it's just reality TV people. Who else do you have on your show? Well, like we had, I had on like Melissa Rivers and yeah. then like people from like other, you know, like we've had a lot of people from RuPaul's Drag Race, but also like Selling Sunset. Like for anyone who watches that show, we've had like the whole cast. So it's really, it's not just, it's not just Bravo. It's mostly Bravo. And it's not even just reality TV. I'm trying to think who we've had that maybe isn't. You know, like Melissa Rivers, Perez Hilton, they're not really reality TV people. No, uh -uh. You know, they're more pop culture. But we've had people from like the real world, the hills. Oh, my God, know. real world. That's what that's I was so obsessed with that show. And that's what made me realize like that. I'm a reality TV person. Like I love that back then because I like people and I like to learn about people, you know, and I like the psychology behind people. And I think that's what you get 
on reality TV. You know what I mean? And I like it, you know? Um, and that's why I like your podcast. And that's why people should go and listen to your podcast. You have also, because I know, because when you were like going to come on my show, I was like, what are we going to talk about? I would have loved to have talked to you about reality TV the whole time, but I don't know so much that my listeners would have wanted to hear us rap. I could have rapped with you about that for like three hours, you know? If people want to know so more about like, you, are you talking about this? Yeah, but if people want to know more about you, you have been on other, they could also Google you and you've been on other podcasts and talking about yourself, right? I mean, you did tell me that you were on another show where you got in a little bit more deep about yourself if people yeah like i feel like i am an open book i mean i was also on this has nothing to do with anything i was on i was on way back 2010 on millionaire matchmaker i know patty you're on the show i was oh my god were you like one of the people to dating or like were you just one of the people like the cast of uh, i was the one that she fixed up i was one of the ones that she fixed up oh my god so i definitely saw that episode because i watched every single one it was like, remember there was a season came to New York? Yes. Yeah, totally. And it was so bad because New Yorkers don't give a shit about being famous. Like, I always felt like it worked way more in L.A. because all those people there want to be actors and everything. So everyone was like super good looking. Then they came to New York and it just wasn't the same because I just people in New York aren't as into the fame thing, I think. I don't know. But anyway, they came right, to New exactly. York. And, right. Who did you date? Who was oh, it? on the show? Yeah. Did it guy... work out? No, of course it didn't work out. <laughs> okay. Of well, course it didn't work out, but it's on. You have to watch it. It's really funny. But I mean, like, you know what it is? You meet all these people so quick. You just choose your type. That's the bottom line there. The person I chose is my type. Like, I could look at it and be like, yeah, it makes sense. I, ch- I mean, you're in a room and you have to talk to these people. And then you have to, like, make a decision really quickly. You're like, of course I chose this person. Right. You know? Now, have you had her? Did you have her on your show after now that you do this? And, you know, she's now that we're friends. Yeah, she's been on twice and she's coming back. Oh, that's awesome. So that would be a good listen because you guys talk about relationships and dating and stuff like that. Exactly. She's coming back. She talks about relationships. You should listen. There's two Patty episodes. I mean, she gives a lot of advice about like famous couples like him and Kanye. Are they well matched? Like that's kind of what Patty does when she comes on my show. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So people should go listen to your your uh, podcast behind the velvet rope. I'll link to it in my description. Thanks so much for calling in. I hope it was fun for you. I know I try to like ask you a lot of personal questions. <laughs> but that's what no, I do no not at all I hope that your listeners like are not like oh my god what is this guy talking about yeah no but if they want to if they want to know more go listen to your show go Google you know you've had been on other podcasts and uh, but thanks for calling in and I'm a I'm a fan of your show so I'll be listening subscribe I thank you subscribe. and if anyone wants to follow us on Instagram it's at behind velvet rope there's no thought in the title it's at behind velvet rope but okay great I'm gonna link that too at behind but velvet inst- rope yeah, and for for Apple or Spotify, it's behind the velvet rope. And yeah, if anyone likes reality TV, it is literally five days a week interviews. You won't learn much about me. You will learn about the guests. So if you have a favorite housewife, chances are that we have them coming on. And like I said, my style is I will relax you. I will make you calm. And then I will go in and for the kill and ask all the questions I need to ask. Yeah, you're a very good listener. Unlike me. I'm just, how many times did I cut you off on this oh, show? Oh, you're great. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for coming on. I'll put all your links in, uh, to all your stuff too as well. All right, and keep in touch for real. Okay, cool. Thanks, Dave. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? 
one? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.